How to Dream Cowboys. Welcome back to the Westworld Podcast Robot Movie Club. Today we're going to recap and review the first episode of Small Wonders, starring a bunch of has-been nobodies. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. So are we just going to redo all the banter from the intro that I messed up? Yeah, yeah, we're going to do all of it again, and it's going to be natural. Okay, uh, what are we talking about? Okay, Ryan had a birthday. Uh, yep, and, I'm uh, older. Uh, I was I was criticizing how harsh you were being, calling the cast and crew of Small Wonder a weird niche TV show. By the way, again, how is this the most niche thing we've ever done? I, I want to. I truly am looking forward to the viewer count on this one. Who? What's the Venn diagram of people interested in the show Small Wonder and us? But this was a famous show in the '80s. Famous for being awful, right? Yeah, well, people remember it now as a horrible sitcom, but it was popular at the time. Why? I know it because Seth MacFarlane in Family Guy and American Dad does occasionally make reference to this show, so he was watching it. Oh, well, I can understand why it entered the zeitgeist. It is stupid enough to spread like a plague. There, the show, the kid, it's the kid. I'm gonna, I'll get into it, but the... The main issue I have with this show is that is that Jamie, that big big Doctor J, ah, oh, he's a mischievous little devil, and he gets into wild situations. This show killed all of their careers. All of them. The dad, the dad still works, but as like a as like a nobody. Like he's the third string character in shitty made for TV movies. Right. He's on the soaps now. It's what you do when you're sixty or seventy. You've been acting for years and years on the grind, and you're like, I'm going to retire to the soaps. Mom's career died after Small Wonders. Jamie's career, the son, his his career died. Deservedly so. Vicky got into another show, which ran for another four years, but then that was her last uh, her Yeah, last that job. also died. The most interesting thing I found out about the show is that there is a season three episode where it became somewhat infamous because there was a joke so bad that the audience audibly groaned. You can hear the groan when you watch the episode live. And so while you say that it was popular at the time, there were moments of this show where the people even in the audience were like, no, that is not funny. You're bad. The episode begins with, it is basically the intro that is being parodied in the viral video, Too Many Cooks, if you've seen that, where, you know, the person is in an action shot and they're doing something, and then they freeze frame and their name is there, and they're just kind of frozen smiling. As you've previously mentioned, it's a theme song that describes exactly what's about to happen in the show. As we listen to it right now, it's upbeat, it gets you in the mood. And then as you see the characters, you're like, I guess every one of these guys have punchable faces. That's the one thing that is synonymous with that entire cast. Every one of them has a face you'd just love to punch. So, this is this is the show that, like, horsing around, or like I already mentioned, Too Many Cooks, is making fun of. It's, like, really saccharine and, and, and dated... And it's just really cliche. Even for the '80s, this was all every, these tropes were already super cliched. It's not even slapstick. It's not even like 
Like we were talking when we were watching Robots 2005, the Ewan McGregor, Amanda Bynes, and Robin Williams vehicle, that there were some knee slappers. There were some, ha ha, oh, you, you're very clever. There weren't even those in this. It was just kind of like really bad jokes. But it because a kid said it, it's funny. Do you think Seth MacFarlane references this a lot? Because Seth MacFarlane screen tested for the part of Jamie Lawson and lost. That would be funny. I think, I mean, in the past, you had Hollywood actors and you had TV actors. And there was not this intermingling and TV actors were not highly res- respected, nope. nor were they paid a lot of money. They were JV. They were junior varsity participants in the Hollywood game. So we open up with son, Jamie, getting home from school and being greeted by his mother, Joan. And he's complaining that he has no one to play with because he does not have a sibling and that he wishes that he had a sibling to play with. And he's like, Mom, I don't think you're trying too hard, which is a weird joke for an elementary school kid to make at his mom. Like, Mom, you're not banging enough. Yeah, every once in a while. Oh, they're all the jokes that are really bad. The majority of them are sexually based and said by a young child with a, I will once again repeat, very punchable face. Jamie is his name. He does not like school. Men cannot live by education alone, Jamie says, which is a thing that a lot of children say. I've heard many children say that. He wishes he had a brother, like you said. He would even settle for a sister, because women are inferior, according to this young child. How do you feel about him now? The neighbor girl drops by to play with Jamie. Her name is Harriet. She has a very strange face. I don't want to make fun of a child. Well, I guess she's probably an adult now. You've just done it. Ver- you've immediately, you, can't say, <laughs> you can't say you don't want to make fun of a child the moment after you've done so. She has not... I wouldn't even say she's ugly. She just looks weird. She just is a weird-looking little girl. She's supposed to be the memorable neighbor. She's the Urkel. She's the tiny, white, red-headed, red-spotted, very annoying... Again, a face that could deserve a punch. I mean, sorry to keep making references to Bojack, but it is. She looks a lot like the little girl from Horsin' Around, and it goes so well for her, Sarah Lynn. Yeah, that's too much, man. Too much. Jamie doesn't even like Harriet. He closes the door in her face, and then Joan, his mother, who doesn't even like stand up for the next door neighbor, whom. Her, you know, young son just slammed a door in her face. She says, you know, she's not a good person. Or she's a good person, isn't she? She's like, no, Harriet is a pill and she's nosy. What child calls anybody a pill, James? Right. And then he slams the door in her face. Go home, goober. What a waste of womanhood. Jamie is a rampant sexist. Yeah, he's got a lot of backwards uh, misogynist ideas. It's not like it's the 60s. No, 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 no. It's the mid-80s. And I feel like it's not from his father. His father only really cares about, you know, making a sentient little girl robot to be his full-time maid. He doesn't have a lot of time to think about Jamie's wants or needs. Maybe that's why Jamie needs all this attention. The mom character is very, like, stereotypical. Like, she... Uh, the dad is very busy and works hard. She stays home and just, like, is horny all the time for him, but he's too busy. That's her whole character. That's her whole thing. She is cool and has given up her life because her husband, Ted, Ted's his name, right? The, another mm-hmm. 
another Seth MacFarlane relatable. But Ted has dedicated his life to robotics, and Joan just has to be fine with that. Joni, that is. Her name is Joni from now on, James. I don't like Ted very much, the father character. He's got a very whiny, effeminate voice, which is kind of grating. He's like, come on, you guys. I built my robot. Right. He walks in. He's been working on a project for a long time. He showed it to his boss for the first time, and he wouldn't even discuss it, and he's probably going to steal it. He opens the briefcase to show that it's just like a mannequin, like full of parts. It's a, like Dexter's wet dream. Jamie says... Yeah, it's it's a it's a, a toy doll that, that that's all broken apart. Right. A grown man playing with a doll at work. Again. So he opened this brief. He's like, hey, boss, look what I got. He's like, get the hell out of my office. You need you to get out. And I'm Jamie. <laughs> a re- I am an awful sexist child. <laughs> yeah, Jamie makes a joke. He's like, oh, you better watch out when this this doll needs to pee or something. I didn't really understand what he was getting at. No, no one did. And then Ted's like, it's not a, just a doll, honey. It's an experimental Vicky, you dumb, dumb idiot woman. Women are so dumb. Obviously, it's a voice input child identicant. How didn't you know that? She literally goes, can you tell me that in English, please? Yeah, that's too hard for me. But he could also just be like, it's a robot. And she'd be like... Oh, like I was reminded of Josh Lyman explaining things to Donna in the West Wing. People always used to complain, like, Donna is not a dumb character. Why do you always have to have her explaining as the audience to Josh Lyman? I I could talk about the West Wing for Donna for life. So he decides he's going to quit his job at the Robot Research Center and work from home because he's so insulted that his boss wasn't. Hey, he works for a robotics company. Why wouldn't his boss want to see the robot? Anyway, wife is happy because that means he'll be around more to bang her. For the sex. And only for the sex. Yeah. That's that's all she values. <laughs> and she, you know, she, she suggestively uh, embraces him. And then there is some 80s keyboard transition music that is really tantalizing. This next scene is pretty funny. So in the bedroom, Ted has this like really like Commodore 64 plastic box computer. It's really neato. And he's wired up to the little girl robot, which he has dressed in a French maid's outfit, which is pretty creepy. Inappropriate, I'd say. Yeah, that A, you built your robot to be a little girl, and then B, you you dressed it like that. Right, that was a choice. It could have been a little anything, or a big anything, or well, not a girl. It could have just been an, a genderless robot. Right. And he's, he's, he's also, uh, we find out later, spritzed perfume on it. Well, yeah, oh yeah, everyone keeps telling <laughs> the robot that it smells good. The the little baby child robot smells good, James. Does that make you feel comfortable? Yeah, Ted's a weird guy. Ted's awful. He's testing Vicky, blink eyes, it works, wiggle nose, it works, respond to voice command, she opens her eyes and stands up. Vicky says she's fantastic, back to Ted. At dinner, he reveals the robot to his family. And Vicky speaks in a stilted, deadpan, monotone voice. Like, my name is Vicky. She's basically like an Alexa, but a tiny child little Alexa walking around that's not optimized. The mom is pretty fucking weirded out, but Jamie's into it. Jamie says Vicky smells like a girl. This is the first out of many times what this little girl smells like will come up. So the neighbor girl, Harriet, is watching this all from the window. Pretty creepy that it's dinner time and the neighbor girl is spying at you through the window. Why is she allowed to be outside? Why is she allowed to be in a neighbor's yard? 
isn't her aren't her parents worried about her her it's 5 p.m where are your children they don't know the next day jamie who i they're gonna keep vicky in jamie's room i don't why a little weird so weird why would you put the (laughs) tiny uh it's it the moment i saw that i was like but the the dad built it this actually doesn't make sense it's just weird, like, sexual tension between a child and a robot child. Right, which which would would not be a problem if the show would stop implying it, which they do immediately. Jamie says he likes her, the color and smell of her hair, and then now she he has her in his room. Thank God. Yeah, and then he asks Vicky if she knows how to bang. That's, like, his first question. Oh, God. He's the worst. This whole family is terrible. Harriet's honestly my favorite. So he asked that he's like, so uh, do you know what you know married means? And she's like, yes. Yeah, uh, when parents get married and they live together and they have a baby, and he's like, do you know how to have a baby? <laughs> this is creepy fucking little kid. My parents won't tell me. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, right. So that's how they play it off. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, my parents haven't told me yet. It's like, well, you know, Jamie, you're 10 years old. You should have some idea, first of all. And secondly, you know, stop trying to corrupt the robot. Ted explains that her eyes are solar cells to power her because Jamie asks if he can, like, wind her up with a key. Ted then very easily explains to his young son by saying, and its brain is a data flow system using wafer scale integration with the data pads hooked into a self-organizing systolic array processor. And then Joni says something like, again, it's like, can you say something that makes sense? Again, like, it's the same line again. Yeah, so like the Terminator, Vicky can learn from her interactions with humans. Yeah, that's what that long sentence said, that Ted did not have to make that complicated just to make his wife feel dumb. How inferior are you, Ted? So Jamie takes Vicky down to the kitchen where they're going to make breakfast in bed for his parents. And she, you know, she doesn't know what to do. So she cracks the egg. Harriet comes by again and she's like, who's this little girl? And Jamie lies and says that it's her cousin. Oh, what a, that was, that was a quick one, Jamie. You came up with that one off the top of your head. Wait. And then I I would just, I thought he was going to close it in her face again. Why have the conversation now and not before? I, uh, y- y- your logic doesn't work out, Jamie. Jamie wants to reset the water cooler, but he's not strong enough to lift the water bottle. Okay, so water coolers in houses. This is a thing? Oh, it's still a thing in Japan. People Van- still have water coolers oh. in Japan. Yeah. Okay, okay. I was, when I saw it, I was like, I need to know if this is normalcy because it, 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 it is, it was never in my life. It was, it was a real revelation. He can't lift the, uh, the big old water bottle, but then Vicky lifts it with one hand and it's so very clearly empty. Yeah. Yeah, VFX are really good in the 80s. She holds it straight out with her hand, like her arm locked. Like, she's never going to let it go. He couldn't even pick it up, and she's just like, I'm holding it out in front of me like the world's strongest little tiny girl robot. The thing is, if they had taken a picture of a water bottle with water in it and then put that in the inside of the bottle, they could have at least made it look a little better than just her holding an empty bottle. There are also times where VFX actually happen in the show, and the frame completely freezes. Like, the only way they could have chroma-keyed something on this show is completely freezing the frame. Like, like her motherboard will be flashing, and the whole frame will just completely freeze. But the flashing will be happening. We cut to Ted and Joan in bed, and 
Joan wants to fuck Ted because it's course. their anniversary. Yep. But he's oblivious because he's reading a magazine. He's being really, really rude. And like, he kissed her once and then turned around on her anniversary. And then she was like, that's it. And then he like turned back around and everything was fine now. I object. That is not how real life would be. I like how sitcoms used to be like, oh, the wife always wants to bang, but the husband doesn't. And now now that, that sitcom trope has turned around. Oh, we've realized that all people are just like regular old people and they all have feelings and emotions? No, now in sitcoms, now the husband always wants, like Ray, Ray always wanted to bang his wife and everybody loves Raymond, but she never wanted to do it. Well, she was taking care of the house, James, and she had twins and, uh, uh, and then uh, the, the in-laws would come over all the time and get in her way, okay? Okay, there was a lot on her plate. Vicky and Jamie come in and totally cock-block them. They bring them breakfast in bed, which is at first really nice, but then, I don't know, Vicky's a shitty robot because she just dumps the food all over the bed. Oh, man. She throws it at him. It was actually... It, I got a, it got a chuckle out of me. So they send Jamie and Vicky to his room. He's in trouble for wrecking their bed. And he comes up with the great... He's, they're going to sneak out and buy a present, which will make his parents not angry at him anymore. Okay, but, like, the first thing his parents told them was, don't bring Vicky outside. So he gets in trouble because Vicky's not good at giving things and dumps the, the you know, breakfast on the parents. And then his first thought is, I'm going to break the first rule they told me. So they go to a department store to buy his parents an anniversary present. I'm not sure what he is. What is he buying? It looks like an ashtray to me. Why is he just allowed outside? I was very much real uh, reminded of Home Alone 1, where he goes out to go buy, like, toothpaste, and the lady at the front desk is like, where are your parents? And he's like, uh, obviously, I'm not here alone. That would be insane. They're right outside. I'm fine. Macaulay Culkin had to Macaulay Culkin himself out of the situation, you know? And nobody even questioned Jamie. Macaulay Culkin had to be a generational talent to get out of that situation, James. Jamie just had to have a punchable face. So Vicky's in the store with him, and she sees this animatronic clown display, which is in the department store for no reason. When she walked in, I was like, this is the definition of a bull in a china shop, a tiny, mad little robot girl. She accidentally gets carted away with the other animatronics and locked in a closet. Yeah, oh gosh, what are they going to do now, James? Only, the the moment she was put in there, I was like, you know, she's already shown immense strength, I, I bet she could just smash it. I just like how it's like, yeah, well, it's the middle of the day and the shop's still open. Let's take this display and lock it in the closet. Let's walk it 10 feet over to the closet and lock it in there right now. I want to point out, this is a 22-minute show, 22 minutes long, and it took me forever to watch. I had to stop it constantly because so many stupid little things were happening that I it was just mind-boggling. When the weird guy picked Vicky up, he literally was just like, oh, man, her hair smells good. I was like, oh, gross, dude. Yeah, everybody is making bizarre comments about this. What is What were the 80s? I was born then. I don't want this. Also, it's like, why is this little girl in a French maid's outfit just, like, walking around like that's normal? And then Jamie's like, well, okay, uh, stick this problem in your computer. You're locked in this room and you can't get out. And she says, that is a problem. And then Jamie calls her dumb. No idea why. She doesn't like that. And she says she'll solve the problem. And then she breaks down the door, at which point they basically wow, wow, Keanu each other. Like, wow, dude. Wow, dude. 
Yeah, she smashes the door down, and you can see the inside of the closet, and it's just very clearly the back of the the sound stage they're in. Yeah, not a lot of care was taken for that shot. I'm not, I'm not sure why, how that was passed. They, they there was somebody on set that day, and they looked and they they were like, "But when you open the door, it's gonna kind of look like the back of a sound stage." And they were like, "Yeah, we're shooting now. Action!" Jamie gets home and he's in trouble for leaving, even when they told him not to, and for taking Vicky outside. And things are worse when Harriet shows up. Revealing that she knows about Vicky and that she's also told her parents about Vicky. Ted almost slams the door in Harriet's face like Jamie did, and I wish he actually did. Harriet, I believe her father is actually Ted's boss. We would learn in later episodes. I had to deep dive for that one. So Harriet saying that she told her father is actually awful for Ted. And, you know, so Ted's not very happy with Jamie because he broke, like, the one rule he gave him. But when he gives them the anniversary present, which he's bought for them, it it softens the mom, and she's like, oh, well, you know what? We can't stay mad at you, Jamie. Thanks for the fantastic gift. Right. Joni, once again, uh, like taking the apology of the men in her life very quickly, she should be so angry at both of these people. She should be near burning, like putting her uh, husband's clothes on the lawn and throwing the toys on top and lighting it all on fire. I don't understand how she's so calm right now. That's the end of the episode, right? Is there a final? <laughs> I think it ends with, with Jamie going, wow, and Vicky going, wow. Yeah, they Keanu each other once more. They're now both slick kids. Jamie's a slick kid. He's going to teach Vicky how to be a slick little robot kid. And we can't punish him now, Joni. We can't. I disagree. He broke the first rule you told him. That's like the principal. That's a line in the sand. Cut him from the family. Throw him in a dumpster and keep Vicky. She was to pick up water jugs with ease. Jamie can't even do that. He's the old model. Why be you slash Jamie when you can be new slash Vicky? And that's the show, folks. That, well, that's the pilot, at least. For all we know, it got better. But this ha- this was voted uh, in some publication the worst sitcom ever. Well, they're awful parents who are about to create a monster child, and we're watching that live with a robot, like, featuring a tiny little French-made girl robot. I could understand why people would be like, this is a special kind of bad. The show was created by Howard Leeds, who was not famous himself, but was the producer and creator of Different Strokes and The Facts in Life and Silver Spoons, which are all famous sitcoms from around the same time. What happened to this one? Am I right? The episode ended with, I can see I'm going to have nothing but trouble with you, Jamie says. And then Vicky says, trouble? And there's a freeze frame. And uh, and she smiles the way Jamie taught her to do earlier. This this is a slick little robot kid. I can't understand how this didn't make it. But, uh, I mean, what do you think about the little girl? She's not. She doesn't have a hard acting job to do. She just has to talk in a stilted manner. I hate this show. I hate that little girl. <laughs> I hate the little boy more. The little boy is the was the worst one by far. Ted's a bad actor. Whoever was playing Ted, I, he's on the soaps now for a reason. He's a he's a J. We should go back to the days where the TV people and the movie people, where there's a line in the sand. And this guy is a TV JV actor. Joni, how is she not mad all the time? Harriet, Harriet is the best part, and that's the worst. When Steve Urkel isn't Steve Urkel and is still the best part. This this show is awful. <laughs> but thank God it was only 22 minutes long. Still, it took me 45 minutes to watch. Yeah, and it ran for four years. How? 
How in the yeah. world? Every Nuts. episode cost $300,000 to make, which I could do the same taking $300,000, throwing it into the ocean and waving goodbye to it. It cost three hundred grand to make an episode of Small Wonder? Yeah, okay. The freeze frame little blinky blinks probably cost $80,000 an hour, James. This is the 80s. Yeesh. The girl who plays Harriet's name is Emily Shulman. She is now a acting teacher at Actors Gym in Hamden, Connecticut. And I wish, I need you all to go look at the Actors Gym website page for Hamden, Connecticut. It is hilarious. I think it was made in 1998 by mice in who are running in little balls who also perhaps learned how to make websites. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at this website. Damn, this is like some 1990s GeoCities shit. Who wrote the IMDb page for Tiffany Brissett, the girl who plays Vicky? Because they need to be fired. It literally starts with, Tiffany began her quote-unquote career. (laughs) Yeah, that's rough. (laughs) They put the word career in quotes. Who has it out for Tiffany Brissett? Apparently she used to star in the Puddin' Pops Jell-O commercials with Bill Cosby. Right, no joke needed. After Small Wonder ended, she made various television appearances and was even the guest on the 700 Club. She made it, James. She made it. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology like me, so we know how useful that is. She was in a a legal drama called Equal Justice. She's a total horse girl in real life. I think that's important to know. Wait, she was born on the same day that Jack Benny died. Are they insinuating that she killed Jack Benny? No, she's Jack Benny's reincarnation. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. As of 2007, she was working as a nurse in Boulder, Colorado, as well as being a experimental dancer james it would be pretty cool if you just live in a normal life as a normal person you're like hey do you know i was the robot little girl in small wonder do you, what's an experimental dancer james yeah i don't know what, I'm, what clothing level do you believe on a spectrum of one to stripper where is experimental yeah, right. that's dancer? very experimental what's experimental about it is she doing science while she dances so it used to be that if you were a child actor, that's you never you never transitioned into real actor. That trend has ended now. Where if you were in the Harry Potter movies, well, you're famous for life, all right? Unless you're Ron. Okay, you're right. She's a small wonder. Uh, Candace Cameron Burr, the person who played DJ Tanner, also tried out for Vicky. Uh, as well did Heather O'Rourke, Carol from the Poltergeist. They both tried out. They did not make the cut. Huh. Well, I mean, it's probably better if they didn't because their career would have died on the, the small wonder battlefield. Listen to this. Joan, Marla Pennington, the girl, the lady who played Joan, uh, when talking about small wonder, said, honestly, the whole thing sounded sketchy. Syndication was not well known. I didn't think anyone would even see it. And then she goes... Uh, in 2015, when asked if she is hurt by the fact that Small Wonder is being called one of the worst sitcoms of all time, she says, It doesn't hurt me one way or the other. It was a job. I got paid. I have a nice savings account. It's certainly not my best work. I don't think anyone would say it was their best work, but it was fun, and I don't think it really harmed anybody. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can say. It's not, you know, I have seen worse shows than Small Wonder. Name them. Not a lot of them. Yeah, name them. <laughs> one. What's the first one? Uh, I've seen worse movies than, wow, than Small what a One. Pivot. 
1985, Joan, the lady who played Joan Marla Pennington, also said about Small Wonder, we were actually owned by five different companies. Metro Media, Fox, and Rupert Murdoch had some money in it. And after a while, they just didn't agree on what the show was going to do. And they knew that they got enough shows to do syndication. So why produce any more? And they canceled it. Right, yeah. You just need a hundred episodes, and you can just run that forever. No one's following the continuity of Small Wonder. Yeah, but at the same time, she needs to let you know that she it, that show did not display her talents, James, did not show her at her best, and she had left acting after the show ended to raise her family, and I just I just have to assume it's because the show killed her. Right, that's, that's like when a politician's like, I'm retiring to spend more time with my family. Do you think this cast has like a, like a group text message? They had a reunion in 2009, but this is the sad part. So they had a reunion starring Vicky. She was the actress who the reunion was about. And the rest of the cast appeared on the show with her, but via, via fucking... Did they, like, Skype in? Satellite. Yeah, they Skyped in. They couldn't be bothered to go down to, to L.A. to meet her. Oh, I wonder, I wonder if that lady called in from the Actors Guild in Hamden, Connecticut. Again, you need to go look at this website. It is gold. But I mean, yeah, what 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 would they possibly have to talk about anyway, you know? <laughs> oh my god. Again, how is this the most niche thing we've ever done? This is just like when when I just I can't I'm going to make a thumbnail for this. I don't know. I I really look forward to Oh, we got an email, James. Oh shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got an email and it was the first email in a long while, so it, it it brightened my day immediately. It said, Dear James and Ryan, I hate you. Yeah, I hate your guts. And <laughs> I uh, think that the quality of your show has gone down over time, which your uh, view count is showing actively. Where the Where is this? We got an email from Rick Hunter. He said, Hi, guys. If you review Western movies again, I suggest Bone Tomahawk starring Kurt Russell. For robot films, Cherry 2000 has some similar themes to Westworld. Keep up the great pod. Best, Rick. Ah, Rick, you're the best. I think Rick's the best, too. We both think Rick's the best. I've never heard of Cherry 2000. I have a thing in mind for what I want to do next, but I think, you know, because you sent an email and, and nobody else did, I think we probably have to look into doing Cherry 2000 at some point. Yeah, let that be a lesson to all you other listeners. We could, we'll, we'll, we'll fucking recap and review anything you want. You just email us. You're like, hey, James, recap and review the new McDonald's breakfast sandwich. We'll do it. It tastes a little like hope, but mostly like a grease trap. See? Bam. It, look at that. That was a vocal email. Got done immediately. If you're just listening to the show, thanks a lot. We really appreciate that. If you want to go the extra mile, you can follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at WestworldRyan. You could like our Facebook page, or if you really want to go for it, you can leave us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app, which will help other people find the show. Give us all the stars, all the stars in the sky. Look up into the sky with your bright, shining eyes and your bright, shining future. Take them all down from the sky and then give them to us on iTunes. And if you really want to be neat, though, uh, we also have a Patreon. Our patrons are Bacaman, Carol, Andreas, John Jers, Major Woody, and Richard Hunter. Richard Hunter is one of our patrons. He's Is he the one? Whoa. I believe he's the one who sent us the... Uh, yeah, the it's email. Rick Hunter, the same guy who sent us an email. Rick, you're the double the best guy. Yeah, so we're going to be re- recapping and reviewing Cherry 2000 next for sure. 
Oh, wait, two of our patrons declined their last payment. But you know what? It's okay. I'm not going to say which ones. I'm not going to call you out. But how dare you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, James, I have have a thing. And I think it would be really cool. And I want us to, like, take our time and really knock this one out of the park. I think we could kill it. Are you do you do you know what I'm talking about? Do you get can you guess? What? I want to do the Matrix, James. The Matrix. What's your preconceived notion about the Matrix? Are there robots in the Matrix? What? I guess there are. The well, they're there. It's the whole thing is the robots. Well, yeah, well so they're AI though. Yeah, in a robot. Is it, is it Are you saying the Matrix is a robot? No, I'm not saying the Matrix is a robot. The Matrix is a veil, James, okay, that has pulled over the population's eyes as to use them for batteries to power the robots. Well, all right. So we're doing we're doing the Matrix Do and Cherry 2000. It feels like you object. No, I don't object. I feel your objections. You don't the Matrix, confident. starring Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves and that... Short Samuel L. Woman. Jackson. No, I mean, wait. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Lawrence Jackson. Lawrence, L- Lawrence Fishburns. And that bald guy who's scary. And that short-haired woman whose name I can't remember. And uh, a, a slew of others with various levels of talent whom, when brought together, simultaneously murder it. Oh, Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss. Yes. I, I want to do one. I want to do one that's thorough with all the music and stuff. It's gonna be real cool. Oh, Carrie Ann Moss was in the Bye Bye Man. The what? The Bye Bye Man. What is that? The 2017 supernatural horror film. Is it? What is? It? You haven't heard of the Bye Bye Man? No, I have not. What? <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Explain it. Explain it with a short sentence. <laughs> it's a horrible fucking horror movie that came out last year. Have you watched The Haunting of Hill House? No, is it good? It's great. You should watch it. There's a very specific episode that has very long shots in it. And the, oh my God, it's real neat. It was weird. I went straight from Haunting of Hill House to the new Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is also. Oh, how's that? I was looking at that Honestly, too. you should watch it. They bring up Satan a lot and I find it funny every time. When they say praise Satan, I can't help but laugh. I just was really impressed because I, you know, I didn't, coming from Riverdale, I didn't expect anything from that show. But then, uh. The trailer for it looked really good. Yeah, Sabrina. It's a whole new thing. It's a whole new show. Give it a try. But honestly, The Haunting of Hill House is something that needs to come first. That that show is like, oh my god, it's so neat. And it's the made by the same guy who's going to be making the new Doctor Sleep movie, so fingers crossed. Yeah, so uh, watch The Bye-Bye Man. Watch Hereditary. No, don't watch The Bye-Bye Man. No, nope, don't not. watch that one. Hereditary, watch. <laughs> Haunting of Hill House, watch. The crazy, crazy, whatever life of Sabrina, the teenage witch, watch. And then also watch The Matrix again, because we're going to be talking about it in a few weeks. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. I'm so sweaty. I'm the sweatiest person who's ever lived.